Hey, you're listening to Burst Your Bubble. I'm Josh, and I've got Kyler here with me. We're here to bring you the sharpest sports sticks. We're starting out the week with live sports again with a full PGA Tour breakdown. We have some very interesting headlines around the sports world. Then we finish up the episode with a great and great interesting totem pole of sports media that we want inside the NBA bubble. Talk about a contentious, some uh, some things get stolen in this segment, so definitely check out the totem pole today, you won't regret it. Remember to stay plugged into our social media on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Burst Your Bubble. We're available everywhere you get your podcast. You can get us even on your Alexa devices. If you're bored at home, just say, Alexa, play Burst Your Bubble. Then remember to rate, review, and share us with your friends or literally anyone you know. Thanks for listening, and remember, no hard feelings because more than likely, one of us will burst your bubble. Kyler, coming off of a long weekend. Here we are on Monday, ready to get started, ready to go. How was the weekend for you? Uh, Big Fire Baseball back in action? It was another weekend of baseball, another weekend of staring at a screen uh, with golf playing in the background. So I, again, watched every swing of this golf tournament. Uh, So I'm definitely ready to break that down. I'm pumped up for the PGA Tour breakdown here in a little bit after we get into these headlines. How was your weekend, Josh? It was fantastic. It was very busy. I uh, ran around like a took with my head cut off for most of the weekend, just uh, just doing a whole bunch of different things. It was it was a good weekend, but it was pretty long. It was pretty long. I definitely understand. Is it that. storming over there? It is storming. I, was about to I just saw a little bit of lightning behind you. A little bit of lightning. So actually, one of our uh, one of our days um, on Friday got rained out uh, because of lightning. Uh, so. So it wasn't, wasn't too long of a weekend for me, but uh, it was a long day of softball today, actually. Softball's not, not my favorite sport to watch, Josh, you uh, know that, but it was uh, definitely a lot of fun, you know, just getting the clips of that, the crack cocaine of, of softball and giving that to the fans, uh, you know, and the, definitely the players. I think they were 9 through 12-year-olds. So uh, that, that was definitely like their first little highlights being posted on social media, their first little press coverage. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, I bet those 10 year olds, 9, 10, 11 year olds love getting to see themselves on Twitter and, and Instagram and all the ways that you guys put that out there. So I'm sure that they enjoy the heck out of that. And I'm sure it's good that, for the parents too. That Instagram was going nuts. Every single one of those little girls that have Instagram was sharing it. Uh, yeah, it was going nuts today. And honestly, there's no bigger fan like than the parents of those 9, 10, 11 year olds. So I'm sure that they are loving every second of seeing their kid. Like they don't have to take the pictures. You guys are taking it for them. They're not even having to do that much work anymore. We've had uh, two weekends of this so far with the baseball tournaments, and uh, I haven't really heard of any. I think I've heard of one parent getting kicked out over the two weekends. Uh, today with the softball, it was our first day of softball, four parents got kicked out. Absolutely. That does not surprise me at all. Softball moms are the worst at getting kicked out. Attitudes flying everywhere. My dad, my dad always told me, he taught me this valuable, valuable lesson, uh, and I'm going to take this with me forever. Uh, he said he would never say anything to me while we're golfing, when I'm in a tournament, when I'm playing ba- basketball, anything, because what, was, what is he going to say that's going to help me? It's, I'm not going to – and even if I could, even if I, if I knew something that could help you, how am I going to relay that to you in real time to get it in your head in the game moment for you to understand it? He said, it's, it's useless. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you later in practice if it's really that useful. And I, that's always really stuck with me, and I think that's something parents could learn. 
Yeah, my dad, uh, he started practicing that when I got a little bit older. But when I was uh, younger playing baseball, my dad was definitely one of the fans yelling, rock and fire, get on your toes, step back, uh, yelling at the ump anytime something went against me. Uh, my dad was definitely one of the extra extra parents. And then until he ended up coaching. He coached my baseball team for a little while, and then he understood uh, how annoying as hell that is. I think a lot of the uh, parents are going to realize just how annoying, or I shouldn't say annoying, but just how enthusiastic they might sound on these videos um, in the background. Uh, <laughs> a lot of them are pretty funny. Uh, so go check that out, Big Fire Baseball. Uh, give us a follow, share it with your friends. Uh, it helped me out a lot. Well, let's go ahead and uh, dive into some headlines here. I'm going to get to watch the storm in the background, and it's going to try to get through this, but hopefully it uh, you know, keeps the internet going. Let's hope so. All right, so let's start. I'm just going to start with uh, one that I, I like the most. I think it's going to be uh, Jamal Adams again. Talked about him on Friday. Uh, so he saw a fan in a parking lot today, and they were asking him, you know, come to Dallas, come to Dallas. He said, I'm trying. And it's been talked about in the media quite a bit of Jamal Adams uh, and Dallas as a potential landing spot. So this is definitely something to, uh, to track. And if the Cowboys can land an all-pro guy like – Jamal Adams, that would be huge for the football team. I mean, of course it would be. I think football is pretty, uh, pretty interesting in the way that uh, the NFL, I think, is the only, the only league where when a player like Jamal Adams can come out and say, you know, you know I have so many years left on my, on my deal, but I don't want to play for that number, so I want to be traded. And the organization just tells him, okay, we'll go find a trade. Go see if anybody wants you. And if they do, see what they want to give for you. And – come tell us. And uh, I, I think that's just kind of interesting how, how that kind of, uh, where it's not really team to team, it's more player from one team to another team. Yes, yeah, and something that's interesting about this is the Jets still haven't granted permission for a trade. So if he is actually trying, like if he's talking to the Dallas Cowboys, that's tampering or it's breaking the anti-tampering rules. Yeah, so he should have said my agent is trying. Yeah, so uh, we uh, d definitely want him to stay away from that. Uh, the Jets have stayed pretty quiet on this, on where Adams is going to end up. And I know people are like, why aren't we talking so much about, you know, one guy? But Jamal Adams is an all-pro safety that has uh, can make a huge difference in one of these football teams that he goes to and can make help make a legit playoff Super Bowl run. No doubt. Uh, one team I heard thrown in that ring, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles. And uh, – Speaking of Philadelphia sports stars, Joel Embiid, I don't know if you saw this. He got his driver's license. I saw that after so many years of being in the country. Congratulations, Joel. That was nice. I enjoyed seeing that. Uh, like, what, what, what kind of car does Joel Embiid drive? Oh, Mercedes. Or an F-150 jacked yeah, I, up. I see Joel Embiid in a, in a really small little BMW, pearl white, uh, small four-door, something very uh, – non-big yeah that's why my first thought was a was a Benz I think you know just something sleek make it shine a little bit I, I definitely could see him riding around in a Benz but it wouldn't surprise me if we saw a picture of him in a jacked up farm truck nice bright blue f-150 but uh so another little headline here uh some good news from the NFL is Dak Prescott is uh he is supposed to, he is planned to sign his franchise tag on Monday $31.4 million. Wow. He, it, so he's supposed to sign on a Monday uh, franchise tender. 
one year. Yep. So this will just get him uh, the contract obligation through the year. Uh, let the you know let the team figure out something with him. If they want to come to something uh, longer than that, they have until July fifteenth to work out that long term deal. Hmm. July fifteenth. Do you think anything will happen before then? Yes, I do. I, I think you'll probably see it happen. Uh, I don't know what those calendar days are, but probably the end of the week uh, before that would happen or as close as So you'll either see it on, it'll be the 10th through the 13th of July. Well, uh, that's, what, uh, that's what our friend David Sampson told us uh, when he was on, uh, you know, if you, have a, if you have a deadline date, that's around a strict deadline date. That's around when the deal usually will come. That's what we're seeing with baseball. Uh, we saw today that, the MLB commissioner, Rob Manford, uh, sent a letter to Tony Clark, who is the executive director of the MLBPA, uh, offering to cancel the expanded playoffs and the universal DH for 21, 2021 um, if the full season isn't played in 2020. Uh, this is a big deal because the players were saying that uh, they didn't want to give up leverage for the 2021 playoffs just because they're, you know, they're arguing about this year's playoffs. So they said, you know, we'll decide about 2021 in 2021 you know, we don't want to give that leverage up yet. Um, you know, let's just decide, decide for this year. So that, that was a big chip. And when I first saw that, it was um, – I immediately told Ryan when we were sitting there in, in the room, I told him, you know, I think that's a good sign. I think that's a sign that, uh, um, you know, that's, that's a big part of what the, uh, the only misstep in this, uh, this last offer, this last proposal. Uh, so I, I think we have a good chance of getting a deal done probably this coming week, uh, maybe by the end of the day. Uh, obviously it didn't happen. No, it did not happen. Now, was, was this before or after the players voted uh, or decided not to vote? Or is this just pushing the vote back? Because obviously they didn't vote on Sunday. So this is probably just giving them a little bit of time to look over those tweaks and make a decision on when they will make a formal vote. So Jeff Passon is reporting that uh, players had planned on voting today, whether to accept a 60-game season or allow Manford to impose a season of his desired length. Um, uh, that's uh, this is a really sticky situation because uh, you know Rob Manfred does have that power to just impose any any link uh, season he wanted any link season he wants so uh, it's that'll be really interesting to see kind of what happens there uh, but yeah this is the uh, it seems like and Jeff Passon reporting this too this seems like his words exactly the last and best chance MLB and MLBPA to have to strike a deal yeah well obviously that, you know we've what's funny about this is everyone's saying you know we have to have it then we have to have it now we have to have it now two weeks ago the deadline was or 21 days ago was supposed to be the deadline for MLB to be able to play games so I think that you can see uh obviously something throughout this week next week um the biggest thing is if these two sides can't even come to an agreement on the fact that they want to play and then something else you know that uh we've brought about earlier was the fact that COVID's coming back up. It's David Sampson reporting today. David Sampson reporting today that if baseball is not played, it will not be because of an economic fight. It will be because of coronavirus. Our friend David thinks the dispute between players and owners is the least of the MLB's concern. So, you know, we'll have to watch to see how much that second wave hits and what MLB is going to be able to do because of that. Like we talked about on Friday, if they want to go into that bubble, like the other leagues are, are entertaining or if they're going to try to play as normal. Josh, there were 40 positive test results among players and uh, MLB's, M MLB workers just last week. Uh, so that is definitely a huge part of uh, 
there are negotiations and uh, the labor negotiations happening right now between the players and, and the, uh, and the owners. Cause they're definitely uh, taking a huge, obviously everyone's taking a huge risk, but uh, the owners are taking a huge financial risk in bringing everyone back, starting the season up in the risk that it could just be canceled again. Um, you know, they talk about how much they're losing and, you know, how much they, they're losing, um, you know, if there's not a playoff, so we, if we don't play it at all. But if they bring everybody back, spend all the money to bring everybody back and, and then don't get the playoff money, oh, Josh, they're out billions of dollars. They're out billions. Yeah, and then from the player standpoint, they're saying, well, yeah, you guys are going to lose money, but we're actually out here with one another risking our lives to play these games. So, I mean, it's – it. This is where it's going to get interesting what comes out shortly on the coronavirus and these players. Because, I mean, the players have already started – they talked about that a week ago as a bargaining chip was playing during the coronavirus pandemic. I mean, Josh, we, we see all these college players. I mean, we see – I mean, it seems like every fucking college camp, all, every college town in America right now has a news story on their front page that 45 of their football players have now been, uh, you know, confirmed that they have coronavirus – and that they're also in Honky Tonk, Honky Tonk Bar this past weekend. Yep. Uh, you know, the players that are – or the, some of these kids that are getting it, the reports coming out where they have been not practicing social distancing and just getting back to life as normal. And, you know, what are you going to do? Wear a mask. Step one. Yeah. Wear a mask. Practice the social distancing still. You know, the – you can take steps to mitigate risk, and that especially if you are an athlete, especially if you're trying to become a professional athlete, um, you know, you have your eyes set on a goal that you're trying to accomplish in the short term. You don't want to be doing anything to jeopardize that. Not even that, Josh. In the short term, our, your goal, not even is to get to the NFL, your goal is to have a season. Your goal is to have a week one game with people in attendance. Well, if you're not on NFL scouts boards right now and you're one of those guys, you have to have a season to be able to get, you know, take your game to the next level. So if you're wanting, you know, to actual, if you're wanting to have actual scouts looking at you, if you're one of those guys on the, on the fringe, or if you feel like you made huge improvements this season, you need this season. Uh, yeah. I mean, Kirk Herbstreet and uh, other guys said it on Twitter, yeah, wear a mask, stay out of the bars, work out with your team. And go back to your dorm. It's not I me. Mean, it, like this is a, it's a sacrifice. You know, it sucks. You're 21 years old, Josh. Where were you every Friday night of your 21, 20, 21st year around this earth? Not with the mask on in my dorm room. I can promise you that. Exactly. So I mean, this is where these college athletes want to be. I mean, they're in the prime of their lives. Um, Good-looking college athletes, probably being paid thousands of dollars to be at that university. Uh, so I mean, they they want to be in the bar spending all that money, but. Uh, Josh, they just need to save it, save it for, save it for spring. Well, we will see if that is the case. There's a lot of cases going around in a lot of schools, uh, a lot of athletic teams, a lot of leagues right now. So we're hoping that those numbers go down because we want sports back. You know, we want everyone to be healthy and we want to be able to watch our favorite teams. So real quick, uh, just one more, I just got a quick, I just want you to answer it, I guess. Uh, my friend Ryan, uh, we we're sitting there. He's 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 a real pessimistic person about all this. Uh, he might just be saying it to uh, you know cause an argument. I told you we all we, all we do is just sit there and have debates about random sports topics. But uh, he said that he doesn't think any sports are going to happen this year. He said you know PGA is, is pretty much the extent of what we're going to see. Um, M NBA is going to come back with the bubble, 
but anything outside of a bubble is just not going to be able to happen because of the second wave that's happening uh, starting right now of all the tests, all the positive tests we're seeing. Uh, so what do you think of that, Josh? Do you think we're going to be able to see all the sports come back? Do I think we will get to see all the sports come back? No, I do not. I, mm, I don't. Not this year. I don't think we'll see every sport come back this year. I think there will be at least one that the logistics or the number of cases that that league has for the city they want to play in will be too much. Um, and it might not even be just from the coronavirus. It might be the MLB from uh, a little bit of a couple of different factors. But I think that this is going to make it a lot more difficult. But I think you're going to see the NBA played. Uh, you will see – I think that you will still see the NFL played. Um, I think that you have a – I think you have a higher chance of seeing the NFL start the season and then delay like the NBA did than you do not having it at all this year. I think I see the NFL um, going to that bubble system. I think that's a pretty uh, a pretty logical thing to think. Uh, maybe maybe a shortened season, maybe a twelve week season instead. I'm not really sure. Uh, you know, even twelve weeks away in a bubble that seems pretty extreme. Uh, but as far as college football, I don't think there's any way this happens because uh, just because of towns um, in certain cities that are just going to shut down. They're just going to say like, hey, we're not going to any, – any meeting over 10 people is, is illegal in this, in this city, and your college is in the city, so you can't play football. Yeah, and once again, it, it kind of goes back to the thing that we talk about a lot on here is you and I are not health experts. We do not know exactly what is going to happen with this virus. So, you know, there's always a chance that things get better. You know, the outlook gets a little bit better, maybe – all these people that are getting it maybe is causing a little bit of that uh, immunity that we've heard about. We don't know. So, you know, maybe the cases by the time September rolls around, the cases will start to drop off a little bit. We don't know what it's going to look like. That's something that I've heard talks about is that, you know, what's all this, all the people that are getting exposed to it, get it and it's ran through those antibodies are in you. And there's a chance that you can't spread it or get it again. So, we don't know yet, you know, and that's, that's the big thing about the virus is a lot, there's a lot of unknown, a lot of speculation about how leagues and how teams are going to move forward. Yeah, I think it was Dave Portnoy, Dave Portnoy who made this point. You know, it's like, are we just going to sit, everybody sit in their house for a year and a half and wait for a cure, or are we going to get out and, you know, with caution, try to return to some normalcy? But the key word there, Josh, is with caution, um, and that starts with wearing a mask, includes social distancing, uh, includes washing your hands, you know, of course, just all the all the things the CDC suggests, and if we if we can do all that, then we can return um, return to normalcy. But if we can't, then I, man, I think we're gonna get another shutdown. But uh, let's jump into something a little bit uh, a little bit happier. Um, Coach Dugs, uh, we missed it last week, Josh. I completely blanked on it uh, during the show. He's a national champion, Coach Dugs. It feels like '98 on the 20 year anniversary. 20 years later, 2018, national champion, Tennessee Vols. He is a champion, and finally, uh, it took him took the coach some seasons to get here, moved around quite a bit after a heartbreaking loss in the season before Coach Duggs did become a champion. So Coach Duggs took down uh, Miami University 31-34, uh, uh, and this was on Thursday night. So, like I said, we forgot – we. Uh, we bungled this on Friday's show, forgot to bring it up. Uh, but tonight, Josh, was his decision. Uh, there were a lot of rumors swirling all day on social media, all weekend, really, about uh, different sources, who, 
where uh, Coach Doug's plane was, where, uh, you know, different phone numbers he had been calling, uh, text messages, different packages he had been receiving, illegal, some legal, uh, whatever the case may be. Uh, Josh, he ended up, did you see where he ended up? I had, well, no, I did not see the official announcement. I only saw where the sources were saying he was going. I so, heard uh, there saw, was a lot of talk about Alabama. A lot of talk about Alabama. Chris Cody, a friend of the show, actually uh, reported that. Uh, so take a guess, Josh. Where do you think Coach Duggs ended up? What? So give, he, me a, so, give me a division. So he just won a national championship at Tennessee. Uh, this was his second year at Tennessee. Um, you know, two national championship appearances, one and one. Uh, so, uh, you know, a lot of NFL offers, a lot of NFL teams uh, definitely wanted Doug's under their uh, running their helm. So, uh, so it's not, so I'll tell you, it's not uh, the Big Ten, which is where a lot of rumors were swirling, uh, including Wisconsin. And I'll tell you, it's not the SEC uh, where he currently is with, with, where he currently is with Tennessee. Okay, here's my guess. Is he going to Oklahoma State University? He is not. He is going to Toledo. Oh, I love it. Going to Ohio. So this is actually where he started out. I don't know if you remember. Uh, this is where his first stop was before uh, as an his offensive His family is still there. Yeah, his family is still there. His kid's probably a uh, freshman in, in some uh, NAI school somewhere because uh, Coach Duggs couldn't get him a scholarship. Uh, but uh, definitely excited to see him reunite with his family. Um, my favorite part of all this actually is the real coach Duggs uh, traveling to Tennessee on that night and celebrating a national championship in an empty Tennessee campus all night. It was, Josh, it was like 3.30 in the morning, and that man was on campus in bars. The video that he has posted about him, like, giving the speech and slapping the sign on the way out. So good. Oh, my God, it was incredible. This is, I mean, this has gotten a lot of people through the pandemic. Just a little bit of sports, watching a grown man play NCAA, and it's turned into a phenomenon. Well, I don't even think you can say it's gotten some people through sports, Josh. I think you can say it's gotten like sports fans through sports. I mean, his last game, he had 150,000 people watching him. That's more than any college football game has ever had people attending ever. The man is drawing a crowd. Coach Duggs and Big Cat together are unstoppable. So the, I, the report is, or what he's told us, is that he's going to continue to do this until we get sports back. So what sport do you think has to come back for Duggs to not play NCAA anymore? Uh, I mean – The first major sport? Now, do you think when ba when basketball comes back, do you think Doug stops? That's what I'm. I mean, that's what I'm wondering. You know, like what's how much is I'm going to stop playing? Because if you're getting 120,000 views, 120,000, are you going to stop? Does Doug's ever stop? At some point, the numbers will drop, and he will have to stop. It's just well, I mean, at that point, Josh, what? How low is how low is Barstool Big Cat going to drop? while playing college football on Twitch? I think it depends on how – I I think it – it's just like – okay, I'll put it like this. Fortnite, all the streamers that were playing that for so long, getting Ninja was 110,000 a stream. 
for Still, a, for a long time. A lot of those numbers have dropped back down to sixty five, seventy thousand. Uh, Still though. So I mean, it's if he said that he's going to do it through sports, I think I don't know. It's hard for me to believe that he's going to continue to do it after we get sports back. Gosh, is people like Barstool are just so good at monetizing everything? Which is and, why I think that they'll go out when they're on top. I don't think they'll want their numbers to ever drop. Still, though, when you, have, when you still have 40, 50, 60,000 people watching that every night or every game, that's a lot of money. It is a lot of money. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of people watching. 40,000 is a lot. My hope is that uh, Big Cat keeps going until we get an NCAA Football 21. That's a lot of faith in the world out there, man. That is very high expectations. Uh, so, uh, Josh, let's get into golf. How about it? Well, before we get into golf, I just have one other thing I want to mention real quick. Uh, I saw my new favorite picture of LeBron James uh, with his daughter brushing mm. his hair. He's sitting on the grass. And I'll tell you this. LeBron James looks old. I am absolutely all in on this salt and pepper, 40-year-old, like old man game. I'm old. You're going to respect me. I'm your elder. LeBron James headed to the bubble. And honestly, there's no sign of him stopping anytime soon. You know, there's a lot of speculation about Tom Brady, Drew Brees, you know, those kinds of guys who've been doing it for a long time. But the question around LeBron is just, is he going to win again? It's not, is he about to retire? It's, is he about to win another championship? Josh, that's true. I mean, people say that, you know, what LeBron has to do uh, to really cement himself in the GOAT conversation with Jordan is win probably at least one more or, uh, you know, probably one more with, uh, with the Lakers or win one in the next two years with the Lakers. Is there anything telling you that LeBron isn't going to be competing for championships in like six, seven years? No. I mean, and everyone says, well, you know, his body will start to wear down. This man spends at least a million dollars a year on just yeah. taking care of his body. Again, I would, I would ask you the exact same question. Has anything eluded you to, to say that his body is going to break down in year 19 compared to year 18? No, it hasn't. And, you know, the only argument that you could make was he was out for one of the longest periods of his career uh, last year with the Lakers to injury. But I don't think that was all just for injury. I think that there was a lot of things going on uh, outside of that. Why rush yourself back when your team's in the shape that it is? Uh, So I I don't. There's nothing that is, you know, really making me think that LeBron isn't going to play and I saw a picture of him. Uh, I think we might have talked about it last week, but him and Ben Simmons dunking. And then mm-hmm. someone tweeted, what business does LeBron James have jumping that high at that age? This man should not be dunking that hard when he is that old. Oh, yeah, Josh. And I called you about this, too. Uh, I heard this on the Simmons podcast on Friday. Uh, apparently, the Lakers have been running scrimmages inside a replica Staples Center in Los Angeles during the entire pandemic. That would not surprise me at all. Not one bit. A retired uh, billionaire hedge fund guy apparently has in his backyard a replica Staples Center and a mini replica of the Forum. And in that backyard, uh, in the Staples Center, he's got an entire court in the mini Forum. He's got a whole stage. And he has parties. He has musical guests. And he has a bunch of players come over there and play a lot. 
on Friday's pod, it was JJ Reddick who was on uh, Simmons pod on Friday. He said he had been there before. He had, he had practiced there before. And it was, you know, just like Staples Center. It was exactly like, like the court was on game night. It, he couldn't confirm or deny that they had been doing that, uh, practicing in that, in that Staples Center all pandemic long. But he could say that uh, if they were, you know, it, it's definitely feasible. It would not, like I said, this doesn't surprise me. LeBron James is a winner. He's going to do whatever he can to get his team in the best position to win. And if that is using some billionaire's replica of a Staples Center, so be it. That's probably what's been happening. So hopefully you will see LeBron James and his team come back looking polished and clean, where some of these other teams will have to be knocking off rust. Like I said, Josh, another uh, great week of PGA Tour golf. I'm excited to break that down. Uh, I've got a full breakdown of that. First off, I wanted to give a quick ad read for the social media pages. Guys, uh, if you're not following our Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, just look up Burst Your Bubble. You'll see our logo pop up, the same thing you see when you play our podcast. Uh, Click on it. uh, Give us a follow. Make sure you're retweeting, reposting all of our stuff. Um, It really helps out a lot because if your friends see that you like our stuff, you're listening, they'll want to listen. They like what you like. Obviously, that's why why they're your friends. Uh, So make sure you're sharing this. Uh, We love you guys, and let's get back to some golf. So, Josh, on Friday, uh, what exactly was the uh, stipulation of our little friendly wager? Well, I don't know, but it should have been really good. Yeah, you should have made it for a million. You should have just told me it was for $100. I would have owed you something. I am really mad at myself that I didn't just go put $100 on my boy Webb. Man, he was there were I don't know if you saw this. There were some huge payouts today for people who put money on Webb Simpson. Really? Huge, huge payouts. Let me let me find that number. You can uh, give a little bit while I'm looking this up. All right. So uh, the weather delay comes in around 2 p.m. Uh, the the leaderboard was absolutely stacked. Um, actually, it was criminal what they did to Terrell Hatton. Uh, in the middle of his putt, they blew the they blew the weather horn. He was literally in his putt's backswing. Uh, so that was just horrible. Uh, I was worried, Josh, because it was around 3.45, and there was still no word. And uh, I'm not sure if you know this, but in situations like these for golf tournaments or baseball games, um, if a tournament's going to be, de- be delayed or canceled for the day, um, they won't announce it until the very last minute of the broadcast, so you won't change the channel. Does that make sense? Uh, sort of. So, it, so if it's around uh, – so right now it's around 2.30 p.m., um, their broadcast goes until 5 p.m. Uh, they won't announce that, they're, that the tournament's canceled until around 445 because they, they don't want you to change the channel to something else. Yeah, they want you to keep watching. Yeah, okay, yep. Exactly. So um, I was worried because it was around 345 and there was no word. So I was telling Ryan, you know, about this, about, about the strategy to keep people tuned in. And I was like, you know, if there's no word, that pretty much means that they're going to delay it until tomorrow. Uh, and they come out and say that – or actually, Josh, I bought a weather app today for $3. And it's changed my life. Yeah, man. It's a lot different whenever you have, you know, complete access and you kind of know, you know, what's going on there. Because we, uh, you sent me the picture today. Uh, oh, yeah, we're going to get to – we're going to get the restart at five. Yeah, right. Because we both saw on that thing there was a huge red spot right beside Hilton Head. So that, that was actually at uh, – that was at the beginning. Uh, I was at um, – I think that was around 3.30 when, that, when, I, uh, when I screenshotted that. 
Uh, but I looked at the radar and I kind of fast forwarded it and I looked at the radar, the time of the sunset in, in Hilton Head, South Carolina, and the holes remaining for all the players on the leaderboard. And I tweeted out that if we get going before five, uh, we should be able to finish tonight. But I just didn't think that would, uh, was going to be what they were going to do. And about two minutes later after I sent that tweet out, uh, the PGA Tour came out and said that they're going to resume at 4.20 p.m. Nice. Um, and here's the leaderboard when things got going. Uh, the names include Justin Thomas, Brooks Kepka, Daniel Berger, Open Champion Ryan Palmer, Bryson DeChambeau, Abraham Answer, um, including a lot more uh, your guy Webb, of course. What a great group to be at the lead going into the restart. Because there were a lot of big names right around the, the spot. There were a lot of people vying for that championship. There were. And I would have loved to watch it, Josh. But once again, uh, I, I don't even think I can fully blame CBS for this. I've just got to blame. I think NBC is the number one person to blame here in the Golf Channel. Um, Josh, I, I'm subscribed to like three different fucking networks. Um, for situations like this, uh, not necessarily like this, but just so I can watch live things happening I can watch live balls on gr green grass as they're rolling. Oh, I need to see that. And from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m., it could not be found. And they, it seems like this happens every time. I'm so sick and tired of talking about how they fumble their way through these featured groups. And we're not watching the people who matter. And I get it. I get that, you know, you have a time, you have a TV schedule and, you know, the PGA Tour ends at five. Uh, you know, we can only give so much, so many minutes of leeway. We have to end the coverage. And I get that. So NBC, you have a fucking app that literally coverage started on at 6 p.m. on the dot. What were y'all doing for an hour? Why am I paying $6 a month or however much it is? for me to sit there in the dark for an hour following basically a shot tracer, I, I just don't get it. It is absolutely mind boggling, man. I, I'm, I'm just so frustrated. I stay frustrated every time we talk about this and the fans are too. This is one thing that, you know, we have live sports and with live sports, especially being the only sport that's back comes severe criticism. Definitely. And the uh, criticism so is that we need to watch those featured groups. We're sick and tired of having to fumble through it. And I did find uh, some of those payouts from Webb Simpson. There was a head-to-head -head plus 100 versus Rom. I saw that, actually. Yeah, so, I mean, there were so many great uh, – 25 and 1 to win it all. Um, man, there was just plus 3,000. Um, if you bet before the tournament, it was wow. plus 3,000, Kyler. So – uh, there was a couple of people who bet like five dollars, and they came away with two thousand. Jeez. So yeah, so if you if yeah if you picked this, you bet five dollars, you came out with two thousand fifty dollars. So you netted two thousand dollars. Jeez. So uh, look up the uh, tournament payoff for me, Josh. Look up. Uh, it's on the ESPN app. Tournament payoff. Like the uh, how much they won for for um, getting how much? Oh, like the purse. Yeah. Okay, I saw that the purse was like 
So uh, I'll, I'll finish breaking down what happened here at the tournament. Uh, Joaquin Neiman heading, heading to the 17th tee, I think he made four birdies on the back nine, leading the golf tournament, 21 years old. Have I told you my Joaquin Neiman connection, Josh? I have a pretty strong one. You have not. Let's hear it. So uh, my first day at Bethany, my coach introduces me, Bethany College, uh, Coach uh, Dalton Stevens, a uh, friend of the podcast. Can't wait to have him back on, actually. Uh, he introduces me to a guy named Melito Moreno, and he's from Chile, and he's my new roommate, and he's my teammate. And he says, Kyler, this is Melitone. That's all he says. And I said, hey, Melly. Hey, Melitone. You know, how are you? I'm Kyler. And he's, hi, my name is Melitone. My name Melitone. So, huh? are you ready for golf practice? Yes. All right, man. Uh, you pretty good? Yes. I asked him another question. Uh, his answer was chili. I asked him another question. His answer was chili. And uh, after about five more of those, coach turns to me and he's laughing and he says, oh, I forgot to tell you the only words he knows are his name, yes, and chili. Uh, I, learned, I learned about a week later that one of his best friends in Chile uh, and training partner, Joaquin Neiman. Wow. So this kid's legit. This kid is actually at uh, a D1 in Florida right now. I, uh, blanking on that. Barry University. Uh, he's actually playing there. So he is a very legit golfer. I think he won three tournaments um, just the time that we were both there as a freshman. So did you help him learn a little bit more English? Oh, me and him were the best of friends, dude. Me and him. Yeah. I, I, uh, uh, mainly through music and bad TV shows uh, like Dexter and stuff like that but definitely a lot, a lot of bad English. Well, we'll have to have him on the pod to talk some Dexter because I love Dexter. Oh, no. So, yeah, he, I don't know if you saw Joaquin Neiman talk today, but uh, he, he knows a lot more English. I should say his English is a lot less broken. That's okay. We can fumble our way through an interview. But anyway. I would love to have Melatone on. Yeah, well, that would be a great, great interview. That's a, that is a strong connection. You have a good friend that is – Training partners with him. That is incredible. So I've got the payouts for you. So uh, keep those for me real quick. Uh, so like you said, Josh, Webb Simpson just on fire. Him and Daniel Berger were going back and forth with hole outs, long putts, trading the lead. Um, Webb finished number 18 at 22 under par with only Abraham Answer left on the course, able to challenge that, and that he did. Um, Abraham Answer, uh, I think he birdied 16 and 17, maybe 15 and 17. Um, Abraham answered, Josh, he famously played Tiger in this past Ryder Cup and played very, very well. He just couldn't quite hang in there at the end. Maybe the pressure of the situation had a lot to do with that. Um, but he said in interviews this weekend that he's gotten a lot more comfortable in contention of these golf tournaments. And I think that's very, very scary for the PGA Tour and honestly, the American Ryder Cup team. I mean, this kid was absolutely pinpoint accurate this entire tournament. Josh, so 72 greens this weekend, 72 holes, right? 72 greens. Mm -hmm. He had 65 putts for birdie or better. That is absolutely insane. We talked about my golf game the other day, and I had that in a round of 18. Insane. So, uh, like I said, but in that situation uh, where he was putting after reaching, he ranked 70th in the field, um, and that shined on the 18th hole when he needed one more birdie to drop. Couldn't get it done. And Josh, once again, the, the degenerate in you is shining bright on this Monday morning. Webb Simpson, Webb Simpson gets it done. 
uh, congratulations to you, buddy. I, I appreciate that. Uh, I, you know, through this pandemic, that is what has shined in me the most is the degenerate in me. Um, I have, I've come away with quite a few victories in the degenerates den so far. So I'm hoping to keep that up. Uh, so I will give you the payout for my man Simpson, what he won from this tournament, 1.278. So $1,278,000. And that is just from the PGA. That is not any sponsorship deals or any bonuses that he would have gotten for his victory. Uh, and I'll just go through, uh, you know, the yeah, top so that, couple. Yeah, so that putt that Abraham Answer missed on 18, how much did that cost him? So it ended up, looks like it cost him about $500,000. So the next is $773,000. So our guy, uh, Joaquin Neiman, pulled in 275 k uh, It's kind of weird talking about these guys' numbers, but it's pretty uh, – you know, we don't talk about another man's paycheck or anything like that, but it's pretty uh, public, uh, you know, when you're an athlete. So I think you just kind of uh, just kind of agree to that. Um, so, Kyler, I, I do want to, uh, you know, we talked about my my degenerate coming out and the fact that uh, Webb Simpson won. So there was also another uh, bold take that I had made uh, that came to fruition. Uh, Bryson DeChambeau finished outside of the top five yeah, he finished tied top for eighth. Yeah, yeah, he tied for eighth, but he fell out of that top five, uh, kind of like I thought. Those long drives, uh, he just ran into some issues today, and you know I, he has a lot of momentum still. He's still a great golfer, but uh, this was just yeah. not his course. Oh, I mean, well, hell, he still finished seventeen under par. But you said yourself that those sixteen, seventeen under par was not going to win this tournament. Not this year. Uh, this would that would have won this tournament. Um, Jim Nance said it, said it on the broadcast. This would have won that tournament many, many a year, um, but not this one. Uh, this year you needed at least 20 to even be in contention. Um, headed to probably 17, you needed to be at 20. Uh, so uh, one guy I wanted to point out, Dylan Fratelli. He finished tied for eighth. He was actually atop the leaderboard um, a lot of the day just because of the, uh, of the weather break we had. He was up there a lot. Um, so let, he had a 62 today. Yeah, he shot well. That's a that's a ridiculous number. I, I don't think he had a bogey today. I think he shot a 29 on the back nine. That is low. That's low. Wow. I mean, and for coming where he's at, I mean, like you said, shooting 17 under is nothing to, to scoff at. That is a great score. Yeah, and like a guy like Dylan Fratelli coming in at like nine under par for the day, and coming out and shooting a, you know, eight or nine under par for the tournament, that puts him, you know, making for making $48,000 for the tournament and, you know, barely, barely paying off, you know, swing coaches and the flights and the hotels and you barely in taxes and, you know, barely clearing money to actually, you know, you know, say that I'm making money doing this. I'm making money playing professional golf. He, you know, shoots, a, fires a 62 today and turns that into $187,000. The man definitely got paid. He, uh, he, like I said, six or twenty nine is a low number. He seventeen under is a great score if you're going out playing around a golf. He, I mean, it's what a day he had on the course, even with the restart and everything. Uh, so his, the funniest part to me, his weekend scores were seventy two sixty uh, seventy one sixty two. Wow, a little he bit of inconsistent. A... If he can fix that, uh, if he can drop that seventy that seventy one a little bit, that's uh, going to make him pretty scary. 
Man, make a couple birdies on Saturday, and that title is yours. So uh, one other golfer I want to talk about real quick is uh, your boy JT, Justin Thomas. Yeah. Uh, also tied for eighth, uh, 17 under. He came out in a scathing statement against Hilton Head uh, and their caution for coronavirus, said that it was an, a zoo out there, it was animals. Sounded kind of angry in a statement towards the uh, towards the officials there, which, uh, you know, I think this just came out in light of the news that someone tested positive for coronavirus on the tour um, and probably a little bit of rage from himself for the play. I mean, JT, uh, he's, he's had, uh, you know, his, his fair share of run-ins with the fans. Um, uh, he obviously had that guy kicked out uh, for yelling, get in the bunker. Uh, that wasn't a great look for him. Uh, this one is a little more warranted, I would say. Uh, I mean, these, fan, these fans were just, I mean, you know, they're out there, they're at their house, they're drunk. Uh, you know, a PGA Tour golf tournament is in their backyard. Uh, so <laughs> I can't really blame them either. I would probably be doing the same thing. Uh, but, you know, it is, it is uh, pretty crazy to see. And he did blast the entire city of Hilton Head for, uh, you know, pretty much just ignoring that there's a pandemic going on. But I think you could say that about the rest of America. Yeah, it's just always notable when uh, one of these, uh, you know, high prestige athletes comes out and uh, delivers a statement like the one he did. It was uh, very strong towards the city and, and what they're doing out there. So de definitely worth noting. So one last thing, uh, Kyler, before we wrap up the, the PGA talk, this isn't anything to do with the tournament itself, but this is just a question I want to post to you. When will we see Tiger Woods? Uh, I mean, I think it's, it's kind of going to come down to um, what we see with the uh, coronavirus testing or coronavirus outbreak, I should say, um, and the bubble situation that, that we're monitoring. Uh, if players continue to be reckless and continue to break this bubble and continue to go out and, and uh, endanger the rest of the bubble, I don't think we're going to see him anytime soon. Okay, because I saw the report that he's skipping next week again. Um, it, he hasn't played in a while. I mean, obviously, we saw him looking really good in, that, in the doubles tournament uh, just a couple weeks ago, but we haven't seen him play on the tour, and a lot of people are getting antsy. Yeah, I mean, I, I follow a few uh, I follow a few sources pretty close to Tiger. Uh, Tiger trackers, uh, the, the trackers that Tiger Tracker follows. Uh, so I've seen some pictures of him at different golf courses uh, on, on different vacations with his family. So, I mean, you know, he's still, he's still out there. He's still being active, you know, getting his, getting his swings in. So I'm definitely not, definitely not worried about him, but I, I definitely am ready to see him again. So I think that's, uh, that's going to wrap it up on the golf coverage. Josh, uh, congratulations to Webb Simpson. Congratulations to you for nailing that Degenerates pick once again. Uh, can't wait for the next tournament this coming weekend. Uh, Josh, we've got a super fun totem pole coming up. Uh, we've got a super fun totem pole coming up. But first, uh, you've got an ad. Kyler, I know how much we both have loved what Anchor has given us as a podcasting platform. Ladies and gents, if you haven't heard of Anchor yet, you're missing out. Most importantly, it's free. Anchor gives you the ability to edit and upload your podcast directly from your phone to get anywhere you can get your podcast. Apple Music, Spotify, it'll be there. You can make money from your podcast with minimum listeners. It's literally everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Go download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today.
I am very, very, very excited for today's Totem Pole, Josh. We are going to do a Totem Pole of NBA analysts slash journalists of the NBA bubble in Orlando. So the official list hasn't came out yet. I'm not sure even uh, what the criteria, anything like that. Um, even if there are going to be journalists in the bubble, I'm, I'm assuming there are. Uh, a lot of reports are that, you know, a lot of journalists will be there. Uh, so we're just going to pick, uh, you know, you know how totem poles work, Josh. And if you're listening, you know how totem poles work. Top three, bottom two. So uh, who goes this? So going into this real quick, I will say that I saw a great report today uh, for journalists in the bubble in that they are looking at a tiered system for journalists. So there's a tier one group that will have the most access to players but will not be able to leave the bubble. They will be quarantined. If they break quarantine, they will not be allowed to reenter. Uh, their uh, food tab and all their expenses are not covered by the NBA. So these things that their, their company or personally that they will be covering and they will not be allowed to leave. And then those other tiers – Oh, and those guys will be tested every day uh, and, and be able to have access to the players. Then there's another tier that uh, can come. I think that they're allowed to uh, come in uh, scattered for testing and self-isolation during certain periods. And then the third group that will just have to do it remote. So that is what I'm hearing. But I am definitely looking forward to this totem pole. Uh, I, I'm about to love this. And you know what? And since I won the Degenerates Den, I will let you go first. Feeling nice today. All right, so I'm just going to kind of gonna, um, help you out a little bit, help myself out as well. Break this down into kind of uh, a couple of different categories. So um, the first category of uh, people you want in the bubble, um, aggregators, people who aggregate stories. They take, they take a bit-sized um, bit piece of information, and they can make an hour show about it. That uh, – so guys like Bill Simmons, guys for football like Mike Florio. Uh, so next we would have stat heads, guys who just do a lot of stats, guys who are all about the numbers. Um, I, would, I would say guys like Brian Windhorst fit this bill. Next, analysts. Uh, we know what an analyst is. And then, of course, our news breakers. So one thing we did not – so, so we have to pick one for each category. No, no, no. Just, just go ahead and pick with okay. what uh, you can pick. Just those are those kind of categories of what we're picking from. And I kind of wanted to highlight that just because of um, I don't think we should pick commentators because I don't think commentators are going to be there, and I don't think commentators are going to serve um, much of a purpose of the analyst journalist role. All right. So you said I could go first. Start out with the bottom. Yeah. So this actually might surprise people. I, I mentioned this guy a lot of the pod. The bottom of my totem pole, it's going to be Bill Simmons. I, I do not want Bill Simmons at this bubble um, simply because I think his pods would get um, – I think they would sound a little bit privileged. I think he would start complaining about the, about the bubble pretty quickly. Um, I think he would get pretty paranoid that people are listening to, listening to him um, either record the pod or listening in to like his conversations with players, something like that. I feel like he'd be whispering into his microphone in his, in his hotel room a lot. Um, I, I would just rather have Bill Simmons at his home, at his home, uh, you know, getting these calls from, from different reporters and different guys at the ringer. Um, I, if we could pick a couple of guys from the ringer, Bill Simmons would not be in my top three. That is very surprising. Uh, Kyler, even for me, I would think that you would uh, want your boy there. We always talk about the, Bill Simmons in the podcast, so that is uh, that is even shocking to me. But I, I, I understand. 
Yeah, I just think his best content is done uh, away from everything. But he actually did say uh, on his on his last podcast this past, I think it was, uh, I guess it would have been two weeks ago. Now, two weeks ago, now that you're listening, uh, him and Jalen Rose were on a podcast talking, and they pretty much told each other that, uh, or Jalen Rose told Bill that if Bill is going, Jalen will be there, and that's the only uh, that's the only way Jalen Rose will be there is if Bill Simmons is there. So my bottom one is actually someone you've already mentioned, and it is going to be Brian Windhurst. Oh, you fucker. I do not want him in the bubble. I think that uh, I, I don't want him getting this access. I don't. That's just me personally. I don't want him having the access. So you just don't like Brian Windhorst at all? No, it's not that I don't like him. It's just I think that uh, I want to see I want to see Brian and how he performs without the face-to-face access to players. I want to see what kind of reports he's going to be putting out, what things he can gather, uh, mobile and from telework. I think that it's going to be a very interesting thing to see him not having the one-on-one access to some of the guys that he normally has that with. I, I, I was going to have him at the bottom of mine. Uh, he was going to be next just because uh, I, his podcast is actually unlistenable to me just because of the way he talks. Uh, and I, I imagine a lot of people feel the exact same way about me. So if you do feel free to leave that in the comment section on any of my social medias, it'll really brighten my day. Uh, but yeah, he, I just, I'm not a fan of Brian Windhorse at all. Uh, you're, you nailed that one. Uh, yeah, you're exactly right. I, I'm pissed that you just took that one from me. <laughs> so, uh, since you took mine, Josh, and to just save a little bit of time for us, I, I don't think I need much of an explanation for this one. Uh, Kendrick Perkins. So I'm actually going to disagree. Um, well, not I can't really disagree cause this is your totem pole. It's how you feel, but, uh, Perk's not going in my top, but I have someone else who will be in my top. Um, and I will give my reasoning whenever I do uh, my top three. Well, I mean, I have, I have somebody in my top two that, that does the, that plays the same role as Perk, but just does it, I mean, infinitely times better. Now, is that because Perk and Katie are feuding, or is that because you don't like Perk? No, just the, the way – you can feud with KD. Just come at him in a reasonable way to feud with him. Don't just come out – I mean, now you're just making up things to feud about. But that wraps up the bottom of mine. Uh, Josh, is pretty tough picking uh, the bottom of these. There's so many great reporters, and you can't really think of uh, who you don't like in real time just because, you know, the, in such a time where we're, we're longing for NBA news, NBA breaking news, NBA analysts, uh, it, it's hard to tell, say we don't want one of these people. No, so I actually know who my next one is. Uh, it is very hard picking some of these bottom ones, but I was, you know, sitting here trying to think of who would I not want, you know, who would I – but I, I come up with my my other bottom one. And to me, it's pretty easy. Uh, Skip Bayless. Yeah. I do not want Skip in the bubble. I don't want him uh, causing distractions from inside the bubble. I don't want him uh, being Skip when he's in there. So, yeah, no, I don't want Skip Bayless in the bubble. I think that there are better options to choose from. Leave him at home so he can tweet about LeBron as he's watching it and speculating versus looking directly into the bubble. I mean, I completely agree with that. Skip could not be – I mean, I, I mean, maybe Shannon maybe is the only uh, better pick there. But, I mean, yeah, even then – I mean, uh, Josh, I, I disagree with you. I actually do disagree with you a lot. If we get Skip in there, we get the possibility of a reunion, Skip and Stephen A. I mean, even then, I mean, that would be exciting, but I just, 
No, I don't. I don't want. No, I don't want Skip in there with the level of access these guys are going to have to the players. I no, I don't. I think it's going to cause too much. I would rather. Uh, once again, I'd rather Skip be watching this uh, and commenting on it from the outside looking in. You don't want to. You don't want to skip and Stephen A. reunion. I'm not against skipping Stephen A. reunion. I'm just saying for this, this isn't the time or the place for that reunion. I completely disagree. I say this is the time and place. Uh, so let's move up to the top, Josh. Man, you were you were kind today, and you did win the degenerates of ten. We didn't really have a prize for that, so this is your prize. You get the number one pick. I think I'm going to have to go with Woj. Yeah, I mean, he you have the best access from all the. I mean, any team, everything that happens in the NBA, Woj is the guy. Woj bombs left and right coming out of the bubble would be. Just absolutely incredible talking to the players, uh, the coaches, the GMs while this is happening in real time. And you talk about your newsbreakers. That is definitely Woj. He's made a history of it. He's made a career of it. And I would love to see him in the bubble. I mean, that's I mean, Woj is the great, the best call there just because uh, he's so plugged in with everyone. He just has so many different connections. And I think it's uh, it, I, it might be kind of overstated his connections. Um, and maybe understated how much uh, the league and ESPN have a partnership. Um, they have a multi-billion dollar partnership. Um, you know, in this la- in an article last week, it said that uh, the rules or the, um, the handbook basically for the Orlando bubble was obtained by ESPN and by Woj. Uh, I don't really think it was obtained. I think it was sent to Woj in an email from the NBA. I mean, yeah, probably. But it's still, I mean, man, the some of the stuff that this guy's gotten his hands on and been able to report first. Mm. Yeah, I mean, Woj is definitely, uh, like I said, Josh, there's two number one picks here. And uh, the 1A and 1A and 1B. And you, you took 1B, I think, and left me 1A. And that's my guy, Stephen A. Uh, yes, the same guy who uh, he's on he's on first take and he's arguing with Skip, like I said, arguing with, with Max, arguing with whoever is put in front of him, uh, making a – Huge joke of himself, as some people say, uh, you know, making a huge deal out of whatever topic he's talking about, yelling at whoever. Uh, but he has better sources in the NBA um, than any other, I think, person or uh, media entity in NBA history and maybe even sports history. I mean, he called LeBron and Bosch joining uh, D. Wade two weeks before it happened. And he's also come out with, you know, things like there was a minute where him and LeBron were about to start feuding. He said, LeBron, you don't want to do this. You you know what I know. And so it just makes you think what, you know, what is out there that Stephen A knows about all these different players? He does have great access and Stephen A is entertaining. The Stephen A burner account would have a field day if he was allowed inside the bubble. So that would definitely be entertaining. Great call by you. I still think Woj is the 1A. They're different kinds of, different kinds of, uh, of options there. One's the newsbreaker and one is the, the entertainer. So uh, different well, kinds. I, mean, I, think, I think Stephen A could break some news for us. Uh, Stephen A's not a newsbreaker. Uh, not as much as Woj. No yeah, way. Yeah, his news, he makes his news in the stories. Yeah. So the thing that I would say about Stephen A in, in the bubble, Stephen A doesn't need to be in the bubble he would get his information in the access whether he's in the bubble or not and still be able to turn it into a great show. So whereas it would be entertaining and even quicker access for Stephen A, 
Stephen A is the kind of guy that's going to sit on it until your chords first taken makes a, a long show out of it. Yeah. And like, like, like you said about uh, Stephen A not really backing down to any of the players, there's a great story of him and John Wall, uh, pretty much John Wall calling him out saying that, uh, you know, he, Stephen A shouldn't have said this about him being in a club or something like that. You know, he said something to the degree of, uh, you know, Stephen A, I'm going to, I'm going to see you one day, or I'm going to have to see, or you're going to have to see me one day. Uh, and Stephen A immediately got on a plane with one of his boys and flew to DC to, to talk to John Wall. And that's just the type of guy Stephen A is. If you have a problem with him, with something he wrote, something he said, he's going to come talk to you about it. And I think he, he would be no different in the, in the NBA bubble. Uh, Stephen A is no small dude. He played college basketball. He's over six feet. Stephen A is definitely not a small guy. Uh, like I said, it's a good pick by you. I still think that I was left with 1A, or you let me have 1A. So, wow, what a lightning strike that was right behind your head, by the way. Uh, but, so, yeah, Stephen A is definitely a good pick there. Let's move to number two. My number two pick is probably going to surprise a lot of people. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm big on this, and I think that uh, she needs – I think she would be a very good addition to the bubble, and that's going to be Rachel Nichols. Wow. I can't believe you just took – Two of my picks in the same totem pole. So this this totem this uh, totem pole idea, Josh. When I thought of it, I thought of how contentious they could get and how much you know how entertaining that could be. You know, we're sitting here arguing. I can't I can't even describe how mad I am that you've taken two of my best storylines for this totem pole. Well, she would have a field day on the jump, and the stories that she'd be able to get, you know, as upcoming as she is, as as dominant as she is right now. Uh, especially since all this went to uh, kind of telework and working from home. Uh, Rachel Nichols has done an excellent job in the access she'd be able to get into the bubble and to make it as entertaining as she would and just great stuff for the jump. This would be an awesome opportunity for her. And I, I could not be more excited to have her in the bubble. So one argument you could say uh, why, why Rachel Nichols – uh, wouldn't do good out of the bubble, or it'd be interesting, interesting to see uh, the same argument you kind of made with Windhorst. Um, you know, how, how would he do without the, without the um, interaction, without the face-to-face -face contact? Uh, and I think Rachel Nichols, it would be, the, um, would be a fun example of that too, just because all of her interviews are just so personal. All of her, she's just, you know, it, you know the Jimmy Butler, things ha Jimmy Butler thing happens, she's in Minnesota. You know, it's stuff like that. You know, she gets those face-to-face -face interviews, and I think that's why she'd be so perfect for the bubble. That's why she's going to be there. Obviously, she's going to be there, and she's going to have that first face-to-face -face interview at 2.30 on ESPN2 uh, from Orlando Bubble. Uh, hopefully, that's, com that's coming sooner rather than later, and hopefully, God, hopefully, God, hopefully, Kendrick Perkins is not on that episode of The Jump. You know he'll be there. Josh, I mean, like, like you said, she's made the jump into a staple of cable television during this pandemic, and I haven't been able to watch like 75% of the episodes. They might get credit for the download because, I, Josh, I start the jump every day. I watch the jump and Highly Questionable every day. I don't that's miss just it. It's become a staple even with him on it. I don't know. I turn it on. I see Kendrick Perkins is on and I push B twice and I find another episode to go watch. <laughs> oh, you're not the only one, but there are a lot of people that tune in just to listen to Perk. I'm not one of them, but there are people out there. All right. Who you got next for your top? I'm going to go with my guy from the ringer, uh, Kevin O'Connor. So I said that, you know, Bill Simmons needs to stay at home, uh, you know, get his news from other guys at the ringer. 
And I think that guy needs to be Kevin O'Connor. I mean, he is a uh, Kevin O'Connor, Kevin O'Candyland, uh, Kevin O'Cameraman. He is a great, uh, great NBA reporter, uh, a great analyst. I mean, he gets he's broken a lot of stories um, during this pandemic alone, especially uh, he actually broke the World Cup grouping story um, a few weeks ago. Uh, so it'd be really exciting to see him. He's a really funny guy. He hosts a really great podcast. I think he would just have some really great stories in there. Uh, the way he kind of just tracks player productivity, uh, all the different statistics he tracks um, and kind of the evolution of the game. It's, um, I think it would really fit well in this bubble. I, I, don't, I don't see any downsides to having KOC in this bubble. I don't know. That's a solid pick. Uh, you know, it's very hard to pick the top ones in this totem pole, but uh, KOC is definitely up there. He's respected. He's going to get the story. He's going to get everything across. Uh, he's entertaining. He's going to get the job done. I don't know if he would have made the, the my top three. Would I mean, obviously he wouldn't have because it's not, but um, I don't I don't downplay you or diss you for having him in your top because he is one of those. He's kind of like a uh, Matthew Stafford or Philip Rivers in the NFL. He's just good and consistent. You know he's going to deliver for you uh, and he's going to get the job done. So, I mean, Nothing flashy. I, I think I think KOC, uh, he's going to be there. I'm almost certain of it. And I think he's going to really, really rise up in the ranks um, as far as NBA reporters go. I think he's, he's got to be in his late 20s, maybe early 30s. But he's a super young guy. Like I said, he works for the Ringer, so it's not, you know, really mainstream media company. But I think that's really going to give us an interesting um, format here at, in the bubble. And I kind of alluded to it with the Stephen A. and Skip possible reunion there. Um, you know, we're just going to see all these different networks, all these different entities working together. We absolutely will. So the top of my, or the, the last of my top for the totem pole is someone who I actually don't really like, Kyler. Um, not that I don't like him as a person. Uh, I've kind of mentioned on the podcast before, some of the stuff that they do really gets under my skin. They've kind of made themselves a pest. But if we got them in the bubble, the, the access to players, I think, would be fantastic because he was a player himself, made such a large name for himself in the NBA, and that is Paul Pierce. I think if we could get Paul Pierce in the bubble, I think since he is a player, it would be a lot easier for some of the guys to open up and have some unfiltered conversations. And even if we didn't get to hear them during this tournament or during the playoffs, I think the stories that we would hear in the – next six months, next years would be fantastic from the access that Paul Pierce was able to get from the bubble. And he would still be able to, uh, to perform that skip role that you like. And, and uh, how I view it as distracting some of the players, getting under some of their skins and, and stirring up some headlines. I definitely completely disagree with you about the Paul Pierce. I do not want Paul Pierce anywhere near my television. Um, actually, if you just, if, if you played for the 2008 Celtics, please go nowhere near a television camera. Uh, you're bad on, you're bad on TV. That's the end of it. Uh, you're, you're just not good. I, I, yeah. Paul Pierce, man, it's kind of the same thing with Kendrick Perkins. They just, uh, they just talk and talk and talk about uh, false storylines or toxic storylines. But uh, I just think the storylines they kind of go after are more of the clickbait stories and that's the ones they cling to. And I, I that's just not the kind of journalism or, or, analyst work that I, that I respect. Yeah, I think that, like I said, my the reason I want him there is for those stories that would come out in a couple of years uh, from things that happened inside the bubble that I don't think some of the other uh, 
people would get. I think being a player makes it easier for the, the other ones to open up a little bit or for him to join in some of the things that are happening. So, yeah. So uh, my pick is kind of in the same vein as that, and I was, I was torn here. I almost picked Charles Barkley for this role, uh, but I, I just decided against it. I don't want Chuck there. I want some new blood in this role, uh, playing, playing the exact same role. Uh, this guy is going to be transitioning from a commentating role with TNT, Reggie Miller. I need Reggie Miller in that role, playing the Chuck role, you know, on the TNT set, you know, on, on the set with the writers, with the good jokes, you know, feeding him those. But then also, like you said, Josh, asking those unfiltered questions in those interviews, seeing stuff in real time that non-players wouldn't see. Uh, and I think that's where Reggie Miller could even uh, succeed in that more than Charles Barkley, just because Reggie Miller played, um, uh, you know, a, a more advanced role compared to today's offenses. No, Reggie Miller's a solid pick there. Uh, it, you know, exactly what I just talked about. The players, I think, would have a lot more access. They have a, a lot uh, better chance to get some of those inside scoops, inside things that are happening. Uh, you know, like I said, they might not get talked about for a while, that they, you know, that they get to know about and they get to see see it happen. Um, and I did not pick Chuck or Shaq or any of those guys because I want them all together uh, in studio after these games, after every night of the bubble, you know, whenever we get to watch live basketball, I, I want them together. I didn't want them split up. So that's why I didn't include any of them in my list today. Um, obviously, they would have been fantastic being able to, to commentate after all those. But uh, still doing uh, tele, uh, you know, tele-interviews, being able to zoom in, get people to, to call into the show, I think that that's going to be – yeah, just perfect for them still, and they're going to do a, a great job on the show. Reggie Miller's a solid pick there. I mean, I think that's why I'm so excited to see this, Josh. I'm excited to see all the different entities work together. Uh, and I'm at, so that kind of brings me to my last question, uh, and we'll wrap things up here tonight. Uh, what? Let, let's name. Let's build a broadcasting booth um, from all the all the different networks. I guess. Uh, I guess you know ABC and ESPN. They're the same thing. So you know the finals booth is pretty much. Uh, Mike Breen, Jeff Van Gundy, and, you know, Doris Burke, uh, Israel Gutierrez, Jorge Sedano, you know, guys like that. Uh, so let's build our, our uh, broadcasting booth. Of course, we got guys of, like Reggie Miller, like Kevin Harlan. Uh, so, so let's build it. Who do you got? Three people. Whoa, so you don't want to – so you want to do this now? You don't want to save it for a totem pole? Uh, yeah, let's go ahead and do it. I think this is going to come out this week. Okay, well, Doris is my – I have to have Doris. So let's do uh, three commentators and a sideline. Doris is my sideline. Okay, she could be one of the commentators. I think I have mine. I, I think I just thought of it. So my three guys – I'll go ahead and give my sideline. Uh, it's pretty easy for me, Israel Gutierrez. I love Israel Gutierrez. I think he asks the hard-hitting questions. I think he is never afraid to ask a question. Um, and especially in these times, whenever uh, the LBGTQ are facing a lot of, uh, you know, attack in these times, and uh, we need a, they need a voice in these times to really speak up for them. Uh, and there's a lot of social unrest in the country, of course. It's not, uh, it's not, you know, doesn't just stop with one people. So uh, definitely be good, good to see him. I know he would give a voice to, to pretty much the voiceless right now. Uh, so Israel Gutierrez would be my sideline. As far as the commentary, it was, it's got to be Jeff Van Gundy. It's got to be Mark Jackson. And you know I got to wrap it up with Mike Breen. 
I mean, it's a solid squad. I like that's pretty much mine. I would replace Israel with Doris. Like I said, uh, that's who I want on the sideline for me is Doris Burke. I love Doris. Can't wait to get her on the pod one day. Uh, just have a conversation with her. Jeff Van Gundy is always solid. You know, and I would. Did I say Jeff? You did. I want to replace him with. Um, so I'm. I'm sorry. I'll do. Uh, I'll give you a little more time to think. So I've got Israel Gutierrez. I've got. Who else did I say? Jeff Van Gundy and Mark Jackson. Mark Jackson and Mike Breen. So Mark Mark Jackson, Mike Breen. So now I need another third guy. I need a color guy. I'm going to throw a surprise pick here, Josh. My guy Bill Simmons can't show up to the bubble. Let's throw him into a commentary role. I think he would do great beside two guys like Mike, like Mike Breen and beside Mark Jackson, guys really calling the game. Let Bill come in there with storylines. I think that would be wonderful. So this is – so I, I like Mark Jackson. I like Jeff Van Gundy. Doors is my sideline. And then I'm going to throw in uh, this guy just – Hubie Brown. Oh, what a great pick. Let's put Hubie in there, man. I think he would be perfect for this. Well, let's not actually put him in there, but well, put him in the Zoom. Put him in the Zoom. Oh, that's another. That's another thing, Josh. Are we gonna get the? You know, like the little, you know the Zoom glitch because we, of course, we we're so used to it. But uh, are we gonna be hearing that on the NBA commentary? Abs. What? Well, yes, yes. There will be at least once or twice. Absolutely. I mean, it was just so amazing to hear um, when like Goodell was putting out a statement. You know, during the social ingest, uh, how he just recorded it over Zoom. And so, like, it's glitching every half second. Like, fucker, go to your camera and record this and then post it to social media. You don't have to record this over Zoom. Well, in the nicest way possible, not everyone knows how to work these things, Kyler. Some, uh, some of these guys aren't millennials anymore. I guess so. But, yeah, I think we just built a solid, uh, a solid booth team, and then we can, uh, we can always come back to that for a future totem poll uh, of commentators uh, just because we would like to see them uh, commentating for this bubble in the playoffs doesn't mean they are favorites, so, uh, except for Doris Burke. That's woman of my heart. So uh, this was a really fun totem poll, and hopefully this comes out sooner rather than later so we get to see who is actually going to be delivering uh, the content coming straight from the bubble. Josh, I really enjoyed today's episode uh, a lot more than a lot more than you'll ever know, man. Um, it was a lot of fun tonight. Had a lot of fun this weekend. Looking forward to a fun week. Uh, I'll talk to you on Wednesday, buddy. Sounds good. See you on Wednesday.